Hi everyone, welcome to Outgrow's Marketer of the Month. I'm your host, Saksham Sharda. I'm the creative director at Outgrow. And I have with me here my co-host, Anushka Chopra, who is the marketing specialist at Outgrow. And for this month, we're going to interview Amy Vernon, who is the award, who's an award-winning journalist and the head of communications at Probity Ledgers. Hello, Amy. Hi, how are you? Oh, we're doing well, Anushka. How are you? I'm great, thank you. Amy, thank you so much for uh, agreeing to be our marketer of the month. Absolutely. So we are going to start with a rapid fire round just to break the ice. Uh, try to keep your answers to one word or one sentence only. And Anushka okay. is going to start with the first question. Okay, so Amy, our first question for you is, what is your middle name? Jill. Jill, Amy Jill Vernon. Okay. Uh, okay, let me go on to the second question, which is, uh, are tomatoes a fruit or a vegetable? Fruit. That's correct. Okay. The next question <laughs> is, who's your favorite Harry Potter character? I am not a huge Harry Potter fan. I, I don't dislike Harry Potter, but I, I, I don't really follow Harry Potter. I, it's probably Hermione, but I mean... <laughs> I've only okay. read one of the books. Okay, that's good enough. <laughs> we, we'll yeah, stick with fine. Hermione. <laughs> yeah. uh, Neil Patel or Gary Vaynerchuk? Um, you have to pick one. What if I say neither? <laughs> That'd be a first, that's fine. We'll, <laughs> we'll take neither as an answer, but you still have to pick one if, if you had to. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, I've I've met Gary, and he's a very nice person, so I will say Gary. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, cool. Oh, next. Um, giving presents or getting presents? Oh. Um, <laughs> giving. Really? Wow. Am I the only one who enjoys getting presents? I, I, it was a tough one to do, but um, uh, I it, it depends. If it's my birthday, I'd much rather be getting them. Mm. <laughs> That's true. Well, I personally hate surprises, so I don't <laughs> like getting presents. I like giving them. I also hate clutter in my house. So, <laughs> Okay, so the next one is how many cups of coffee do you drink per day? Uh, two to four. That's, okay. Yeah, that's healthy. Ish. <laughs> Ish. <laughs> yeah. I, um, next I literally thing. thought you oh, were please. saying, I literally thought you were saying too tough for me. Instead of two oh. to four. <laughs> oh. Just like, oh my God, is that a tough question too? <laughs> but okay, fair. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Right, next. <laughs> the next question is, what's something you could eat for a week straight? Pizza. Nice. Okay, fair. Fill in the blank. I can survive on dash hours of sleep. Uh, five to six. Okay. Again, that's healthy-ish. Ish. <laughs> I, I'd rather yeah. not, but I can. Less than that, and I'm okay. useless. Okay. okay. Um, the next question is very easy. The next question is very easy. Um, what does a person need to be happy? Such a simple question. 
That's like the meaning of life. I feel like I should just say 42 because that's the meaning of life. Um, uh, well, you know what? If I had the answer to that, I'd be rich and living on an island in Tahiti. So I'm not even going to pretend to have the answer to that. <laughs> okay. That's the most honest answer we've received so far, I think. <laughs> Well, technically, what you also mean is that one needs money to be happy, <laughs> which is okay. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's not wrong. That's not really wrong. Yeah, oh, I mean, it's, yeah, it certainly uh, can help, but um, just you know, like I said, if if I had if I had the answer to to have, mm -hmm. I'd be um, actually. Do you know what? For me. It's it's uh, sometimes it's just being alone. So maybe that's why I'd move to the island. <laughs> oh, true. That's the same for me as well. Sometimes <laughs> just a night with myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow, this rapid fire got like really deep, really fast. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> I don't think oh, yeah. yeah, please move on to the next question. <laughs> How many tabs do you have open on your browser on an average? Um, well, I usually have three browser windows open with different personas, and so mm. I'd say 40 to 60. Wow. Oh <laughs> That's the max we've ever had on this podcast. <laughs> I've had more I sometimes. I suddenly feel insufficient with just seven tabs open right now. I just feel like I'm not doing enough work. No, 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 it's, 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 trust me, it's, it's, this is not a way to be. <laughs> there's actually, and this okay. is obviously not a promotion for the app, but there's a Google Chrome extension called Tab, Tab, Tab Extension Killer. So what it does is if you have 40 to 60 tabs open and you haven't accessed the last tab in an hour, it will close it automatically and it keeps doing that. Well, I have, I use the tree tabs uh, across. Oh, brilliant. And oh, okay. uh, I can sleep things and I see yeah. how I got to them. And yeah, I have, I, I have yeah. What's it called again, yours? Okay. Uh, tree style tab. Oh, no, oh. no, no. That was Firefox. This is called Sidewise. Oh, okay. Sidewise. I'll, okay. I'll check that out as well. Okay. Yeah. So, last question, Anishka. Yep. It is a marketing prediction for 2020. Fill in the blank. Uh, well, I don't know if this is a prediction as much as um, a, a hope, but the uh, collapse of influencer marketing. Oh. <laughs> okay. I don't know if it's a prediction. I'm not going to go out on a limb and say that's going to happen. But well, um, The question is what you make it, so that's good enough. <laughs> and, and by the way, I just counted, and on the window that I'm on the browser um instance that i have open i have 18 tabs oh, okay and what about okay. the other browsers uh there's a couple more okay well that's the end of the not so rapid rapid fire round <laughs> but <laughs> we had an amazing time on the rapid fire anyway it's like we asked you a question and you actually were the first person who was just like that's a deep question. What do you say? So yeah, that was amazing. Answers, yeah. <laughs> that was unique. Uh, that was really unique. Yeah. Okay. 
Uh, let's go on to the bigger questions now. The first one is, what got you interested in marketing in the first place? Um, it, it's kind of interesting because I, I call myself the accidental marketer um, oh. because I never, I never really um, sought to go into uh, marketing. It just sort of happened. Um, I was a journalist for many years and um, uh, in the uh, third round of layoffs uh, one year, I saved my entire team's job except for my own and decided I wasn't going to try to stay in journalism um, at that time because the industry was such a mess. And at the same time, I was already a power user on Dig and StumbleUpon and an active user on Reddit. and um, was just, you know, sort of getting, it was the early days of, of uh, social media and um, uh, it was just sort of getting into that. And I got hired um, by AOL uh, on a contract to do some work for their uh, money and finance uh, verticals um, and uh, started doing social media marketing, basically, and training and and best practices and some management. Um, and it just sort of evolved from there. Mm, okay. okay. That's interesting. Actually, yeah. It is. I was I was going through your webpage and you refer to yourself as a digital Swiss Army knife. So can you yes. tell your listeners why you call yourself that? Um yeah, just because I I um I I operate in a lot of different areas uh, in, in digital. I've, and, and sort of my work history has sort of shown that. I've managed and run community. I've been in tar charge of um, social media marketing. I've, you know, managed social media. I've managed social media marketers. I've done digital marketing. I've done uh, content marketing and just content creation. Um, I've worked with product um, audience engagement. Um, so I just sort of uh, have a lot of different tools that I can pull out depending on what role I'm in. Um, and the Swiss Army knife seemed to come closest to <laughs> describing me. Yeah, no, I think that's really amazing. Yeah. All right, let's go on to the next question. Right. So. Uh, this one is about building a community. I think, um, I think especially in today's world, it's just so important to connect with your customers and to be interactive. So how does a brand go about building a community? Like if you had to give out the top three ways to build community for a brand, what would they be? Um, well, I, I mean, first, the, the primary thing is giving them a place to be um, create, you know, whether it's a Twitter chat or um, you have uh, a channel on, you know, a Discord or Slack or, or uh, Telegram or, you know, any of the zillion different chat platforms there are, WeChat, WhatsApp, um, because what you want to do is you want to give a, a specific channel where people, where you can actually be talking to your uh, we, your customers who hopefully become your community. Obviously, not all of them are going to be, but for those who are very involved in what you're doing, um, 
you you need to give them sort of a a place where they can be where they can talk together and they can talk to you directly um so that's that's first second is you need to recognize the voices of i don't necessarily want to say the most passionate voices but the most um active ones um well, you know, it's not it's not the most active, it's not the most passionate, and it's not the most um, helpful, but it's sort of a combination of those three, and mm -hmm. and it's it's kind of hard to say. It's it's one of those where you you know them when you see them, um, mm -hmm. and they're people they're members of the community who are active, but they're not just active because you can have negative members of your community who are very active as well. Um, uh, but they're yeah, <laughs> but they're they're people who um are very interested in what you're doing they're not afraid to give negative feedback but when they're giving it to you they're they're giving it to you in hopes that you're listening and will improve things not just they're not just complaining um so it's really learning to recognize those voices and uh and and cultivating them and supporting them publicly so you know if they do give you negative feedback one time publicly um, and someone jumps on them for being negative, and you say, no, no, that's a really good question, or that's a really good point. You show that it's okay to take some negative feedback as long as it's given in this constructive manner. And, and third, it's, um, it's, it's, it's finding some way to reward them. And that can be as simple as you know, publicly thanking them, um, or it can sometimes be, you know, can be swag or, you know, a gift card or something, but it doesn't have to be, so, you know, a gift, actually. It can often be something as simple as saying thank you. We had uh, one community member who was always creating um, uh, social media images for us, and we would, uh, we would publicly thank him and use some of them because, uh, and that that's what he was doing. If he was doing it because he really loved the company and loved what we were doing. Um, and it meant something to him that we liked them and that we were sharing them. And we'd also, you know, link to his Twitter. So if someone else really liked them and wanted to, you know, hire him to do some graphic design or something, great. That wasn't necessarily the point mm -hmm. of sharing it that way, but it's, it's supporting them in, in a similar way to how they're supporting you. Mm. That's pretty interesting uh, way to do it. But if once you've built a community, how do you ensure that your customers stay loyal and happy? Um, it honestly, it's a lot of work. Uh, you know, it, it's it's uh, there's there's no uh, simple way, uh, but it's a lot easier to do if you've built it the right way to start with, instead of. Uh, just sort of having a bunch of people and having people who are complaining and sort of take over your community and then trying to fix that is much, much, much more difficult than building it correctly first time around. So it can mm -hmm. it can take more time to build it, but uh, but it it it's a lot healthier. And so really to keep it healthy is to continue uh, is to continue listening to them and and making sure that people who are abusive um, don't, um, don't sort of take over the microphone. Um, 
particularly if they are abusive to other members of your community. Um, that's actually, I was always much more lenient to people who were angry at us than if they were angry at and, and abusive of fellow members. Like that was, you know, if you do that again, you're gone. Um, whereas if, if, you know, they're being angry at us, that's really a matter of trying to dig down and really understand. And, and sometimes you can turn that around into someone who is very supportive because they see that you listen to them. Um, but it's very, very important to protect your community members against, um, against people who uh, might come in to try to disrupt it. And it may sound, oh, well, you know, that's in your best interest. And yes, it is in, in your best interest, but you wouldn't, um, it, it's in nobody's best interest to have a community where you have uh, trolls who are coming in and being abusive. So yeah, when you no, say that, oh, yeah, go ahead, Anushka. No, that's, uh, no, please go ahead, that's fine. I was going to say, so when you say that, uh, obviously, uh, you're penalizing members who are being troublesome, and also you're, you want to find a way to reward members who are being really nice or, you know, are really good at coming up with points. So you, you, you do you think of reward systems like Reddit has already, and like, you know, you give them points, which might not have any monetary value, but which give them more, uh, you know, weight on the platform. Or even Facebook pages now have top fans kind of like, you know, comments where, you know, if, if you're a top fan and you comment, it kind of shows your comment first. So stuff like that. And how does this also relate to the fact that you actually don't like influencer marketing? Because once you actually start giving people points, they kind of become mini or micro influencers. <laughs> no, and, and you know what? And that's a really good point. I, I think what's uh, sort of what I mean by that is, is, in terms of the influencer marketing is I feel like a lot of it, and we've seen a lot of it be very artificial. And it's mm -hmm. because what influencer marketing now is really just looking at, oh, this person has, you know, 100,000 followers, uh, you know, 500,000 followers, but you're not looking at actually the quality of the followers, not even the quality of the followers, the quality of the engagement. Because you could have someone, and I've I've been saying this for years, you can have someone who um has a hundred followers but if they're the right 100 followers that's actually the influencer right um so for the reason i'm i'm sort of negative about influencer marketing isn't because there isn't such a thing as influencers but it's because the metrics to decide who they are um aren't really measuring the right things mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'd say like 99% of the time. Mm -hmm. um, so, so I don't see it necessarily at, at odds with, uh, with what you're saying. And I think sometimes, you know, having, I, I do like those, those badges on Facebook. I'm in some Facebook groups and also on some brand pages where I get that. And I'm like, Oh, I'm a top fan this week. And it's just, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's mm -hmm. makes you, makes you smile yeah. like, Oh, yeah. Um, and particularly a couple of the groups I'm in where it's like conversation starter. And I was like, oh, wow, I've, I've really been active here. And that means something about what this group is to me. Um, and, and it also, it does tell something to other followers um, about who you are. Because if you're a conversation starter, for example, um, that means it doesn't just mean that you post things, but you post things that people are interacting with, that people are actually right. having conversations mm -hmm. about. Um, 
And so things like that, they, they actually tell something to, uh, to other members uh, and right. indicate um, something about how this person interacts. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Makes sense, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, as I was asking earlier, you guys were talking about bad views and maybe negative members of the community, and I thought of crisis management. Like, maybe could you give an example of something you did for a client? Maybe someone got a very bad review, or maybe there was just a very negative member of the community who was maybe attacking you on social media. So, how how do you act during such a crisis? Um. <laughs> Actually, I had I had one day where I spent um, probably like five hours, and then had the CEO even come in and spend like an hour or two um, uh, talking with our community on Telegram. Okay. Uh, it was uh, we were a blockchain company. The company had had an ICO before I came on board, uh, and um, then the market sort of went up. And then the market for you know all blockchain companies, even Bitcoin, oh. everything crashed. Uh, and so, of course, when you have people who've spent their money, there's uh, a certain degree of emotion that comes along with that. And I think that's true um, of you know when people are purchasing products as well. Um, there's it's a different level of emotion than just sort of even a publication that you've been reading where you you know don't like what they're talking about or just when when there's there's a financial stake involved particularly in in icos some people spent uh you know put a lot of their money in uh, and they were you know making a bet and so i understood the emotions behind it and didn't want to uh, and and in addition understood that it wasn't just about our token that it was about all of the tokens they bought, everything had crashed at that point. So they were upset really in general. And they were asking these questions of every community they were in. Um, so I was, I was a little more lenient at first. However, it got to the point where every question that was being asked had been asked and answered multiple times by me, by our CEO, got quite, got some questions answered by devs, you know, we just, we spent a lot of time with them because again, like I said, we understood that um, A, there was an emotional investment and B, it wasn't just us, that this was an industry-wide issue. Um, but we got to the point where I said, you know, look, we've, we've answered your questions. We understand where you're coming from, uh, but there's literally, there is nothing else we can say we're not going to suddenly have a different answer for you. Uh, okay. There's there's nothing that we can say. We need to, you know, not have these questions for at least a few days and just talk about the technology and what we're doing. We're happy to answer any other questions about the technology and about the product and what we're working on. Um, but just the questions about the token, there's there are no more answers. You've gotten all of the answers and you're not, you know, you're just not asking any questions that are, are different than you've already asked. And uh, at one point I had to put my foot down and just say, look, you know, it, I think it was like Thursday or Friday and say, the next person who uh, asks one of these questions that we've answered already uh, is going to be temporarily banned until Monday. So you're just getting, you're not getting a ban. Yeah. You're, you're just, you're getting a time out. And now 
there was someone who wasn't around when I said that and he came in and asked a question and I linked to where I said that above. I said, I'm not going to, you know, kick you out for the weekend because you weren't here. And I know that you don't always look back when you come in, that's fine. Um, but uh, in the end, I, I ended up not having to uh, temporarily ban anyone because I think they were tired too. Um, yeah. And they needed someone to just, you know, put their foot down and say, you know, okay, enough. Um, yeah. Let's talk about something else. You could talk about anything else that you want, <laughs> but let's just take a break from here. And and sometimes you do you do have to put your foot down like that. And I but I think people respect that, particularly if you have been spending all of that time talking to them. Okay. You know that they they get it. They're just going to keep pushing and pushing and pushing until you until you say stop. <laughs> Right. Mm. I mean, I think it's just, I agree with what you're saying. I think it's so important to understand your clients and maybe strike a conversation sometimes. And the best way to do that really is to use interactive content. I mean, uh, at Outgrow, we build a lot of surveys and maybe custom review forms because we think the best way to find out what your client is going through is to just ask them, you know, mm -hmm. ask them about the experience they had and if there's anything that they'd like to change. Yep. And that I think that simple gesture can go a very long way. Yes, yes, definitely. Yeah. Okay, let me just move on to the next question, which is, uh, okay, we, I think you've already answered this in a way. Uh, the question was uh, <laughs> one thing that you think uh, that you think is bullshit, but other, others think is true. Uh, and that would be influencer marketing to an extent. So we'll skip this one and go to the next <laughs> one, which is <laughs> what do you think makes a brand authentic and how can you build brand authenticity? Um, it, it's, it's a difficult question because the only thing, the only way to build authenticity is to be authentic. And, and so I think that, um, you need to make sure that the people speaking for you um, are, are, are understanding and, and, and are, are understanding what your message really is and, um, and believe in it because mm -hmm. it's, it's, you really can tell when people don't believe what they're saying, even when it's even when it's written digitally, you, maybe not in a sentence or two, but after after a little bit, you you can tell when people aren't being genuine. Um, it doesn't mean that you know all your employees have to have drunk the Kool Aid and believe everything that ever mm -hmm. comes out, but <laughs> just that you're everyone is on board and understands what the mission is and what your message is, and mm -hmm. um, and and is is expressing that um, in their interactions with the public, um, and and really it's it's listening to people. It's sort of like what you were just saying about um, asking for feedback. It's it's not just asking for the feedback, but also um, recognizing that and and implementing some of those suggestions when appropriate, mm -hmm. or at least having the conversation with them saying this is really great idea. 
Um, it's not something on our immediate roadmap, but it's something that we um, we've been talking about and and you know we will add to the roadmap. We don't know if it's even in the next year, but um, but it is something that we're really interested in doing in letting them in 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 really having it be a two way conversation and not just you know much <clears throat> feedback. What do you right. think? And then thanking them for it, and then you know nothing ever happens from that. Um, mm that's that's really uh that's really how you you can build that that relationship and that you know authenticity i i tend to hate the word authenticity because it's it's so it's many like people a buzzword. Say, exactly yeah. it's, it's all buzz yeah. all buzzwords i kind of uh, yeah. shy away from but it, it really is a matter of it's like the way to build authenticity is to be authentic and to to not just say one thing but then never revisit that and and never follow through on it. I think the point both of you are making is uh, pretty valid in this case is to have a very two-way conversation with your customers. And I think in Outgrow, uh, to anyone who's listening to this podcast, there's a ton of templates for brand research and market research that allow you, like Anushka said, to collect a ton of feedback and then to process that feedback in your Outgrow analytics. And based on that, I'm like, in however months you collected, you can make good decisions or plan your next year's moves. We have customer feedback analyzers and all of that. So I think all of this is pretty important for brand authenticity. Yeah. Yeah. Anushka? Yeah. I'm yeah. A, big, a big believer in data too. I love data. Mm. Aha, <laughs> <laughs> uh -huh. here we have something new. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh, loves data. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm just going to move on to the next question, which is about social media promotions. Um, how do you think brands can find the correct platform for themselves? Um, really, it's it's where are your customers or users or followers or audience? Mm -hmm. Like, where are they? And truthfully, those are are the platforms for you. Um, one example is uh, when I was at the Daily Dot, um, we had a reporter who covered K-pop among other things. And there's a huge, like the online community for K-pop is, is enormous. Um, and, but a lot of it is on YouTube and that's a little harder, you know, as a publication to sort of get into, even if you have videos, unless they are videos of, of K-pop artists and you don't want to sort of be popping in comments, uh, you know, the comment section on YouTube, be like, hey, we wrote this article. Um, so we were playing around and I, I um, noticed a couple of times we had, uh, I had started some Flipboard magazines and I noticed a couple of times we had some K-pop articles that uh, blew up on Flipboard, just got, you know, 20,000 page views uh, directly from Flipboard. So I built out a, uh, a Flipboard, a K-pop Flipboard magazine uh, for us. And we started getting more traffic mm -hmm. to, uh, to those articles because apparently, um, in terms of platforms where K-pop fans were getting their news, um, Flipboard was, was one of the big ones, apparently we didn't know. Um, but mm -hmm. we, you know, it was paying attention to the data and being like, huh, well, let's give it a shot. You know, it's not heavy lifting to just put together a magazine, see what happens there. And, and so it was a matter of finding where they were. 
um, where that audience was for those articles and, uh, and, and sort of cracking that nut. So you really have to just sort of pay attention and figure out where your, your audience or your, your customers or your users are and going to them. Because just because you have a platform or just because you use a platform um, doesn't mean that they're paying any attention to that platform. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, so, so much, yeah, so the last one is, uh, what are the three tips that you'd like to give to all our listeners to better connect with their audience? Um, probably not too different from sort of the brand in terms of, of building a community, but I mean, the biggest thing I'd say is, is listen, uh, because the people who are actually, the people who are maybe sharing um, what might feel like negative feedback. Some of them are people who are just complainers. We all have seen them. We've all seen people who just enjoy complaining and that's fine. That's, that's certain users. But there are a lot of people who are sharing feedback mm -hmm. and with the hopes that, uh, that it will improve. Mm -hmm. And so really listening and, um, and, Second, I guess, would be um, really responding, having it be that two-way conversation so they're not just speaking at you, but that you're finding some way to incorporate that feedback um, in, you know, in some way, um, whether it's in new features or new products or new, um, new verticals that you're looking at. Um, it, it just really finding some way to incorporate the feedback that, that makes sense. Um, and, and third would really be, um, cultivating those community members who help you police the community, because mm -hmm. once you have, uh, community members who are helping you tamp down the people who are really just complaining or who are answering questions from perhaps new community members, those people are worth their weight in gold. They're just you know, it, it doesn't get better than that, that when you have your community members who are not only giving you feedback and, and supporting you, but are also helping make the community healthy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. So that was that was pretty helpful. Uh, I think Anushka's trying to join back, but that's fine. Uh, that was the last question. And thanks everyone for joining us for this month's episode of Outgrows Market of the Month. Uh, that was Amy Vernon, an award-winning journalist and the head of communications at Pro Probity Ledgers. Uh, do check out her website for more details, and we'll see you again next month with another Market of the Month.